0: Welcome to a football show, everybody. How are we doing this afternoon on a Thursday here on the 440 Sports Network? His name is Zach Lyons. My name is Braden Gall. Thanks for hanging out with us here today, of course. uh, We've got a lot of big stuff planned for you. We're going to get to a lot of that stuff. Uh, We're going to tell you about some new and fun and exciting stuff uh, in just a few minutes. But today we're going to have sort of this like Ouroboro circular conversation around the quarterback position, the offensive coordinator, the scheme, the strategy you to the, say
1: aurora borealis? No, the
0: Ouroboros. Do you not know what an Ouroboros is? You know the I snake eating the snake eating its oh, tail. Oh, yeah. gotcha. It, it just meaning it just keeps going around and around and around and around. Gotcha. <laughs> um, because because if if we look at some of the quarterback rumors that are out there, some big name Hall of Famers, some unproven youngsters, maybe a draft pick, maybe a a veteran. Ryan Tannehill certainly. We've talked a lot about the options at quarterback, how to acquire them. But we haven't talked a lot about the scheme, the coordinator fit in terms of the rest of the roster as well. So sort of this big, giant, circular conversation around the quarterback situation, the the coordinator, the scheme, the future of the offense, and how it all works together uh, as they are still, of course, in the throws, deep in the throws, Zach, of their offensive coordinator search for the Tennessee Titans. We do have uh, an AFC and NFC championship game. We'll touch on that. What does that mean for the Titans? How should Titans fans be watching those games? And uh, some, some, some money flying around the SEC <laughs> and a lot of different places. At Ole Miss, at Florida, at Tennessee. Uh, a lot of money in the SEC. So some drama in the SEC. So we'll get to a little bit of that later on. Uh, Zach, first, let's tell everybody about our wonderful and amazing sponsors, the Kingston Group and the Pharmacy. Now, the weather's not all that great. Like uh, I, My daughters love the fact that it was snowing this morning, but the weather's not all that great. This is why the Pharmacy creates the like the calm, soothing inner vibes when you go to the pharmacy, you get that mellow, relaxed. Uh, does, doesn't it? You were you were ripping on Irish uh, or all of London culinary situations last episode. Yeah, they um, don't you get some like I I get some like pub vibes inside the, the the pharmacy there. I think it's got a really nice, fun, relaxing. Lots of rich mahoganies, <laughs> Yeah. You know? I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, like it's got some good vibes in there.
1: Yeah, it's it's great vibes for a burger joint. I love it. It's uh, to me, it's the it feels, and I've never been to Germany, but I it's what I imagine a okay. German beer house to be like.
0: So if the Titans were playing in Berlin, oh, I'd you'd, be there in a heartbeat. You you'd compare it to to the to yeah, the pharmacy, of course. In East yeah. Nashville, it's great burgers and tots and brats.
1: I I wouldn't say like Dan McGinnis is an Irish pub, but it was also had a little bit of London flair to it. But the pharmacy is just like. It, it doesn't look anything like any of the London pubs. Okay, it is just very nice. It's, it's a <laughs> lot nicer. Uh, and it's different. If you walk into one pub, you walk into the same pub yeah, yeah. every every few blocks.
0: Uh, and, of course, the beer garden is still there, even though on a day like Thursday where it's snowing in the morning and it's like wet, rainy snow. Um, the inside, man, super vibey. Go check it out. My daughters will love it. it they love, like, I don't know how my six-year-old has hate- turned into such a downlighting hater. Like, she hates downlights. She already, all she wants is, like, lamps and, like, low lighting. That's the pharmacy, man. You go in there, you get a nice, relaxed vibe, and you get great food, locally sourced beers. You can't get anywhere else, really, like, in anywhere in the city. Um, So, make sure you go check out the pharmacy. Kingston Group, of course, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, my family uses the Kingston Group because we don't trust anybody else in the business. We only trust the Kingston Group. Uh, BuildKG.com is the website. Make sure you check them out before you make any big decisions about your house. The same exact line I've used on you with you guys a dozen times now. People, like you're going to do something with your house at some point. It may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. But it's going to be some time that you're going to either need to buy or sell or renovate or something. Just remember the name, the Kingston Group. Just keep it right there in the back of your head. Just remember that name. Um, That's all you need to do right there. Okay. Um, Before we get to the Titans content, I want to remind everybody, if they would like to read about all the different names we're going to talk about today on the show, where should people go read about it?
1: They should go to stackingtheinbox.substack.com. I've talked all week long about the offensive coordinator position. I've given you all kinds of in-depth look at certain candidates, some bad candidates, some good candidates, all kinds of people. I've even talked about offensive line coaches. And tomorrow morning, I wrap it all up with a tiny bow, giving you my my definitive rankings for every offensive coordinator and giving you my three preferred offensive coordinator slash offensive line combos, as well as talking about what players – are scheme proof? How the offensive coordinator hiring is so important for Mike Vrabel's legacy and future in Tennessee. And I talk about Greg Roman, why he stinks, <laughs> and <Mike laughs> Elahan, why he's pretty good. Um, oh uh, uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> yes. Uh, if is it Outen? Justin Outen? Is that how you say his yes. last name?
1: I uh, I've heard Alton or Alton. So you w- want to read? Unless about, he's hired, we won't know.
0: Yeah, if you want to read, that's true. If you want to, no one's ever heard <laughs> what, what his voice sounds like. Um, no, if you want to read all about Justin Otten, go talk. Go go check out stackingtheinbox.substack.com. Of course, make sure you listen to all the other great shows across the 440 Sports Network as well. Um, Fringe Element covering the SEC, Gold Standard covering the Nashville Predators as they enter the All Star Break. Club and Country starting the fourth season of Nashville Soccer in the MLS and of course, lamestream sports this week, which will feature Paul Kaharski for over an hour talking about how to dissect and cover the Tennessee Titans. Uh, He mentions a few other things as well. Uh, The one big story I wanted to to pass along a little tease here about Rand Carthon is he he told his, one of his main observations about Rand Carthon's press conference uh, reminded him of Matt Hasselbeck and how Matt Hasselbeck's was just a breath of fresh air in the locker room to talk to as a reporter, because you could ask him questions and he would give you honest answers. And he would always portray it through the lens of servitude, which again, there's a religious angle there, but like servitude towards the receivers, the tight ends, the offensive line, the coaching staff. Like I am here to serve the, the team. Right. And Paul says, and he does it. I'll, I'll make sure you go check it out on Friday. Uh, that that's the, he gets a lot of that from Rand Carthon. Like Rand Carthon is here to serve Mike Vrabel, to give him the players he needs to help the players succeed to provide the analytics departments potentially <laughs> to help all these players succeed. So almost a full hour with Paul, if not a full hour uh, covering the Tennessee Titans. So you're, you Titans fans are going to want to catch that. Uh, Lame Stream sports everywhere. You get your podcasts. Okay.
1: Reich has been hired by the Carolina Panthers as their head coach of the future.
0: Breaking news,
1: breaking news.
0: We all, why do we always get breaking news on this show?
1: Something about the one o'clock hour, my man.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe we did that on purpose, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel, it's almost like we did. Nathaniel Hackett also ha- hired, like, earlier, a couple of hours ago, as the Jets offensive coordinator, which is, of course, a flashing neon sign that they would maybe like to pursue Aaron Rodgers, which leads Well, it, us-
1: worked, for, it worked for Denver. Yeah, I, I, know, mean, I, I mean, they hired Nathaniel Hackett thinking that they were going <laughs> to get Aaron Rodgers, and let me tell you something, that Aaron Rodgers and Nathaniel Hackett, inseparable.
0: It, well, I love it worked that... A- Go ahead. It worked on both fronts. It worked on getting Aaron Rodgers and yeah. being good at football.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it worked out great. My, my favorite thing is that the one positive that Nathaniel Hackett's agent sent out to Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport was about the 2017 Jaguars. There's been nothing that you could have possibly wrote about other than, hey, the 2017 Jaguars were like fifth in scoring points per game. Back with Blake Bortles. And that's why he got hired, because, hell, if he can do it with Blake Bortles, he can do it with Zach Wilson.
0: Well, so I, we're going to talk scheme and quarterback, and then we'll probably end up going, like, back to scheme and quarterback, yeah. like, multiple times. We're going we're to bounce back and forth between these two topics, because they kind of are, are inseparable when it comes to the Tennessee Titans. Um, and so I do want to know, who, who do we think the new OC in the scheme will impact the most? Uh, but I, I will say one thing that's changed, in my opinion, just one thing yeah. in general. Last year, when all this stuff was happening, two years ago, whatever Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson—all the drama is going down. I, I never really—this is from like personal experience, but also some people I've talked to—I never really got the sense that Rodgers was ever going to leave. Uh, I never, I never felt like that was ever going to happen, and I never really felt like Brady was going to go anywhere. Uh, and and then and I—I I don't have any. I'll be very honest. I'm not close enough to Seattle to have any insight really into what that was going what that was like as it unfolded i never really felt like the titans were for for serious in all of this um it feels very different this year around now part of that is because i've learned that some people have learned that there was largely a contract on the table and and agreed upon by aaron rodgers and the titans should they ever come to an agreement to leave i think aaron rodgers decided to stay the packers decided to give him all the money and, and that worked itself out um
1: he had like what three contracts on the table there was
0: yes there was more than one um and 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 the titans were one of them
1: remind me though the guy that got that negotiated that contract wrote it up and everything he is where (laughs) unemployed
0: (laughs) that's right not not his agent (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) so uh, the point the point is and the gm is different so there's no way to know whether or not ran likes aaron Rodgers or not now here here's but but is it fair to like do you understand where i'm coming from that it never really felt like a real thing last time oh
1: i 100 agree i mean i wrote extensively over at broadway sports media right about how i don't believe any of this i i even if there is an offer on the table it's probably his number three choice even if there was one uh it doesn't make sense fisc- fiscally doesn't make sense from a, a Team building perspective and all that stuff. Because if you would to put Aaron Rodgers on this team last it, year, it be bad. It's yeah. the same yeah. thing, if not worse. And, well, and then he's retiring on you. I don't like. Think
0: it, I, don't, I don't. think it's worse. It Aaron Rodgers be is better than Malik Willis and Josh Dobbs,
1: but well, uh, yeah. But I mean, okay, if Tannehill gets injured, why wouldn't Aaron Rodgers get in, injured? Who well, has that, a history of injury, and that, you know, sick. I'm talking about between Tannehill and Aaron Rodgers, and uh, Tannehill has more 300 yard games. With a worse offense since uh, the December twenty twenty one, than Aaron Rodgers does. Aaron Rodgers has not thrown in a three hundred yard game since December. I believe is December twelfth, twenty twenty one.
0: Or so is was all of that to say that you would rather have Ryan Tannehill than who's also had the right lots now. Of ins- Ryan right Tannehill's, now, Ryan Tannehill's yeah. also had just as much injury history in his career. He missed like an entire season. I, I
1: don't think that right now. In, How do we end up arguing big, about Tannehill every episode? Well, because he's the quarterback. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's a big enough <laughs> difference between. I don't think there's a big difference between Ryan Tannehill, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady at this point in Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady's career oh, I, at the point of Tannehill's career.
0: So, uh, this is where I think some of this conversation... Is now, really right, I'm not,
1: not going to venture into career, obviously, because obviously, right, right, the, right. who's got the better career? But uh, right I, now, not that big of a difference.
0: I think there's not that big of a difference between Brady and and Tannehill. They're di- very different athletically. Tannehill, far, obviously, far more athletic. I think Rodgers still has it. I think Rodgers still has the fastball. I think Rodgers... Just-
1: where, where did it go then? He's, he's just also like, hey, yeah, I'm just taking a year off. And he's like, yeah, hey, I'm not going to do it. I got well, paid. Uh, you
0: know? This is a Titan show is what I can explain. I mean, yeah. they had, they lost all their best weapons. They lost, they did not have their offensive line. They lost half their coaching staff on offense. And it took them about, a, it took them about half a year to get up to speed on everything. And then all of it looked pretty good after that. And looked all right. But, but here's, but here's what I, well, here's what I've learned. And it's not just Rogers. It's also Brady. I think there is a far better chance that Rodgers and Brady move this offseason than last year. And I think the Titans are going to be right in the middle of all of that this year. Maybe not at the top of the list, but right in the middle of those conversations. Whereas last year, I felt like it was never really real. I feel like this year, there's a a great a greater possibility. Not a, not a great one, but a greater possibility that I- they're in the middle of it.
1: I guess I could get on board that it's a better possibility than last year and a better possibility, particularly for Brady, than 2019. I just still am – I guess here's how I describe it. When I know something is likely 90% not going to happen, it's not going to happen in my head. And I just can't get talked into that Brady's going to come here to Tennessee. I can't get talked into that Rand Carthon it says, oh, we have to trade and pay and do all this stuff to get Aaron Rodgers. I just don't think that that's how they you go about building a team and I don't think that this is the stage like if this, okay if Aaron, if AJ Brown was here and Corey Davis was here and this is 2019 or 2020 okay so 2020 that's and you put Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers here then in those teams fantastic move fully agree with it even if I didn't think that it was going to be possible fully agree with it the state of this team now Looking at the free agency and all this stuff, your best bet is to trade Tannehill and to sign Tom Brady, not trade Tana Hill trade for Aaron Rodgers. Because Aaron Rodgers is not going to stick around for the full length of his contract, and you're going to be on the hook for all that money yeah. because he's going to retire pretty quick.
0: No, I, I. Here's what I'll. Here's what i say. Landon said, um, "Didn't we mention last off season that there was an offer on the table? We we actually just we just mentioned that there was an offer on the table from John. Well, that Robinson. GM's not here anymore, so like that's exactly a,
1: a moot point for me.
0: And there's a whole new contract for Aaron Rodgers and a whole new cost. Here's what I. Yeah. Here here's. It's a lot easier
1: to trade for him last year than it is this year. If I you're said- the Titans.
0: I said all of last season on every pl- single platform I was ever on that there Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere. He, there's a 0% chance he leaves. I almost think there's a 0% chance he stays in Green Bay now. Fully, they, they get, I
1: fully agree with that. I think they, it's like likely he's a jet, which I think it yes. would be utterly a slap in the face of Denver. But I, I think he could also end up in San Francisco. Um, so so that leads us know, to Lance.
0: Here, here's what I wanted to start with the Titans, because let's, let's bring it back into the Titans here. Not only because Brady and Rodgers could be in play in theory, um, but I think that Jordan Love and Trey Lance aren't going anywhere. I think Jordan Love is staying in Green Bay. I think he's their starter next year. And I think Trey Lance, there's no way they let Jimmy Garoppolo walk and go to bat with the Mr. Irrelevant after half a season. I, you're just it, That's a great situation if you're San Francisco to have Trey Lance and to have to dump him for minimal value, basically. The third round pick like we talked about on Monday show to the Titans. Like, if you're the Titans, you do it in a heartbeat because it's worth the risk. Rookie contract on for a third round pick. But there's no there's no reason for the Niners to do it. And you've got Purdy, who's kind of still unproven, even if he wins you a Super Bowl. I mean, maybe that changes if you win the Super I, Bowl, but <sighs> you want two quarterbacks on your team. So yeah. long way of saying, I think the two young guys are less of an option for the Titans, and the two old guys are more of an option than I thought I was gonna feel, maybe even two weeks ago.
1: I, I think. I think Carth or with Carthon here, that Trey Lance has is the likeliest to arrive here in Nashville. And that comes from a place of I think that it would be easy to get him, it'd be low cost and effective. There's the Carthon connection. And I just don't think that this is going to be Tom Brady's destination. I think that we're going to be at the end of the day we're talking number four or number five on his list of destinations. And I think Aaron Rodgers is, is just, I just don't think it's going to happen. I and,
0: I, t- I tend to agree. I still think if I'm betting money, it's Ryan Tannehill.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I would be, I'd be with you. I look at yeah. it this way. You, you remember the, uh, the comment about, um, I can't believe they're sticking with that fucking loser that Tom Brady had. Uh, oh, on, yeah. and the barbershop episode, and everybody thought it was about Tannehill, and it ended up not being about Tannehill, and it was about Jimmy G, and it was, and all this <laughs> stuff. I look at it this way right now, a lot of people are kind of like not buying the Brock Purdy thing, and, and that's okay if you don't want to, I totally understand it. But his metrics are off the chart. Oh, he's to me, I am looking at okay. Maybe it's not time to go full on invest in Brock Purdy if I'm the San Francisco 49ers. But if I'm the San Francisco 49ers, who better than Mr. Relevant to learn from than Tom Brady? Like, I think Tom Brady to San Francisco is a very real possibility. And then you feel really good about ditching Trey Lance to another team and maybe taking less of what you want.
0: I mean, I, th- I think the reason the Titans have a chance at Brady is because of the family angle there in Miami that he wants to be close to the family. I know he's from the Bay Area, grew up a Niners fan. Uh, listen, you have a gr- here is the thing for the Niners, and it's why I don't think the Titans are going to be able to get him, and it's why I don't think the Niners move Lance. Lance is cheap and very talented. Purdy is cheap and showing that he can do the job. And we you've know got, you've Lance got two guys?
1: Not I, this. I don't. I don't I'm, get the sense that this San Francisco team is sold on Trey Lance like everybody wants to assume they are. He's been in the building. They kept Jimmy G and paid him a lot of money. They kept three quarterbacks on the roster to begin with, including Jimmy G and Brock Purdy. Everybody knew Brock Purdy had the trust early on. I don't know if Trey... First off, I'm not 100% sure that while Trey Lance may be talented, like Malik Willis is talented, I'm not sure Trey Lance is going to put it all together yet. I'm not that confident. And if you're I, San I Francisco, agree. if you're choosing between Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and... A combination of Tom Brady and the other two. You got Tom Brady and one of one of them. No, I yeah. agree. I don't.
0: I, I I know. I'm just saying. I don't think Brady's gonna go there. I think it's but and your best, most affordable, and most reasonable option is Brock Purdy starter with Trey Lance as a backup to sort of battle in the camp, knowing that it's sort of one a one b. I just think. I just think the Titans, because again, we talked about it on Monday, Mike Silver saying it's a third round pick. To me, that says there's no way they're trading Trey Lance because you're, you're trading him at the bottom of his value when you can just keep him. I don't think they're in any hurry to get rid of him, is what I'm saying. And well, but but, how, but as a backup,
1: well, that's what I'm saying. Okay. So, if Brock Purdy wins the job and you're the Tennessee Titans and you see that Brock Purdy wins the job because he wins the Super Bowl, it's really hard to move away from a guy that won you the Super Bowl and went undefeated to do it. Like, you, I mean, he literally did not lose a game this whole time. And to me, Trey Lance, who is a first round pick, a high first round pick. That's a lot of money to invest into a backup of a guy that is probably confidence shattered, right? I mean, like, isn't well, if his confidence
0: option- is if his confidence is shattered from being benched, then trade his ass.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Isn't you're not it not are you are not for Trey Lance? Uh, isn't the best option and in the best interest of Trey Lance that if they go the Purdy route, that he needs to get out of there? No, I, he- I- don't. You think he's going to demand a trade?
0: I mean that that's possible. That that's possible. I don't think here's what the I think. Tennessee again.
1: Titans should be I, to me, if I if I'm looking at all four quarterbacks, okay, we're talking Jordan Love, Trey Lance, uh Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. If I'm the Titans and I am a known, known and fervent hater of Jordan Love, and I have been, I have changed my mind and come around on Jordan Love. Oh, okay. And I think that's you should be the Titans' number one option. Number two, she's also the
0: he's a, he might also be the Packers' number one option. Yeah.
1: <laughs> number two should be Tom Brady. Number three, Trey Lance, and number four is Aaron Rodgers. Because so that the the money in the hoops that you have to jump through, yeah, on yeah, Aaron yeah. Rodgers, and yeah. the high risk. I cannot stress enough that if things go awry in Aaron Rodgers' next stop the team is going to be on the hook because Aaron Rodgers is going to fucking retire on your ass. Whatever team he's going to, he's going to retire
0: on. Well, it's it's the headaches that come along with it. I also think he's the best quarterback of the four by a pretty large margin. Now, here's the question, and this goes into our coordinator scheme future. I, I am curious if you think that going away from Tannehill to a more short-term solution, which I think we all agree Brady and Rodgers would be very short-term solutions. Right. How that ties into the strategy of evolving the offense to to what we want it to be in the future, which also may involve going away from Derrick Henry fairly soon. We probably, we, you know, no Taylor LaWan Probably you're going to have to replenish. Definitely. The can we right. can we
1: just cut the prob- probably off this? I can't believe how many people every time. Okay. Okay. I, well, it's not just you. It's just on Twitter. People are like, well, you know, if Lawan takes a deal, or if Lawan listen, Lawan is it himself. He ain't coming back. He's definitely not gonna be here. Goodbye, Taylor Lawan. Enjoy your podcast today. You'll be great on game days, and with Pat McAfee, you're gonna be fucking fantastic. (laughs) I'm sick of it. Taylor Lawan is not a Tennessee guy. Okay, Okay.
0: go to the Kingston Group. (laughs) Go to the pharmacy. We love you guys. Um, But but I, I just there's all. It's almost like a choose your own adventure, right? Like if you pick this coordinator. Well, maybe it doesn't work as well with I I would argue that the strategy that they are deploying with the coordinators that they are going after, which a lot of them are Andy Reid, sort of the West Coast RPO with the Kyle Shanahan McVeigh, sort of uh, very heavy disguise pre-snap motion, you know, that kind of stuff like play action heavy. Both of them are very play action heavy. I don't know if Jordan Love, Trey Lance are as good in those systems. Do you need to... Basically, the question is, how does the choose-your-own-adventure that Rand Carthon and Mike Grable and Amy Adams Strunk are having, should they decide... And, and maybe we can include Tannehill in this. Because I think Tannehill can fit into all of these schemes. I think Tannehill can play in almost any of these systems. I think Rodgers can play in any of these systems. I don't know if Love, Lance, or Brady can play in, in what they want to be in the future. So how does the short-term quarterback Decision. If they do that, how does that affect their long-term direction offensively? When it comes to hiring the coordinator, like you can't hire—I don't know—you can't hire a coordinator for a year to match him with Brady and then do the whole thing again in another year. That that slows the entire franchise down, doesn't it?
1: I I, I disagree that it does. Um, I I can see. I think that's a sensible take, and I think it's a sensible opinion to have. And I'm I'm not arguing that you're wrong or anything, but I do think. And from my perspective, I look at this. Okay, you bring Tom Brady in, you bring in Matt Nagy, okay, and they're only here for two years. Matt Nagy goes gets a head coaching job. Tom Brady goes this. Regardless of it's Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, you're still searching. Whatever veteran quarterback you may be, you're still going to have to search for a quarterback of the future. So that doesn't stop that part. Doesn't really hinder you from going to find a quarterback in the future in a draft or or maybe Malik Willis finally turns it up and develops into something or you trade for Trey Lance and you still kept Ryan Tannehill around. You know, I don't know. It doesn't prevent you from finding the quarterback of the future. As far as scheme fit, okay, Matt Nagy is a totally different – it's not totally different, but it's a different version of the West Coast offense than, than what Shanahan has, right? Right. All those guys fit it. Every I, – I think that there's very few high-end quarterbacks that can't fit in every scheme. Now, that's, that's I fair. do think that every scheme's not made for every rookie, but you get to a certain point in the NFL that you become scheme-proof. Like, Patrick Mahomes probably wouldn't have fit in the uh, Greg Roman-Lamar Jackson scheme, but maybe now, if Greg Roman had Patrick Mahomes, you'd see a t- totally different scheme. You get what I'm saying? The, the, yeah, yeah, a good yeah. offensive coordinator builds around the players. So And so, to me, okay, if Matt Nagy's gone in two years, well. Depend let's say you get an offensive line an assistant offensive line coach from the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh I'm gonna butcher his name. His first name is is, is fairly easy, but I, I'm not sure on his last name. Uh his Corey Mathai or Mathai or something like that. It's Mathai. Corey.
0: Corey. We'll yeah. just call him Corey.
1: Corey. He's an assistant offensive assistant offensive line coach in Kansas City. He's been with Andy Reid since 2006 at the Eagles. He's his entire who's a former offensive line coach himself. His entire existence has been around Andy Reid, and he's been assist and he's been at the Chiefs since 2013, and been at the Eagles from 2006 to 2012. If if you brought him with you, if you're Matt Nagy or Eric Bieniemy, and they leave in two years, he's probably a pretty good candidate to to move up and bring. This yeah. the Andy Reid scheme and keep going. I, I just don't think that what I think is essentially the offensive coordinator does not hinder your future unless you're Mike Vrabel.
0: Okay, I, I get with that. And I and I, I guess one of my one of my other questions to you would be: Do you think that you can draft? Because you just mentioned like young quarterbacks maybe don't always fit into all the systems because because of all obvious reasons. But I guess my question is: Can you hire a coordinator? that can work for current situation, probably Ryan Tannehill. Cause I actually think this is easier to do with Tannehill than if they get Brady. I think Brady or Rogers gives them a better chance to win like in 2023, but I think the better chance to evolve the offense and to kind of continue the progress of developing, I think actually Tannehill might be a better piece. Um, And, and to me, if you're trying to eventually get to the quarterback of the future, whether it's through Brady or through Tannehill, whoever you go through to get to the quarterback of the future, my question is can you get the cord- the right coordinator that pairs with what you're trying to accomplish currently, right? Like this year, to also be the guy who you think is the right choice to develop, whoever the future guy is. So, like like I'm trying to find like, So what you're saying is sense.
1: essentially that. The offensive coordinator you hire can he maximize Ryan Tannehill? But do you also trust him to maximize and develop a, a quarter a younger? Right, or
0: does that have to be two different well, you, people?
1: Well, no. It's, well, let me say this: it could be two different people. But if it's two different people, Mike Vrabel's out of a job. It's got to okay. be the same yeah, go, guy. In my go, I go further on, go further on because that. Because here's here's where I'm at on this. Not only does your offensive coordinator that you hire has to have immediate success, no matter what he's given does not matter what he's given in 2023. If he puts out an, uh, a stinker of a season on offense and it's more Todd Downing bullshit, this is Mike Vrabel's hire. This is his third offensive coordinator in a role that we know for sure that he's hired. We we can't really say. Lafleur's kind of in that gray area where it's like maybe he was yeah. just kind of get thrusted upon Mike Vrabel because Vrabel doesn't have a lot of connections yet or something.
0: Well, he, he admitted so the... He admitted in the press conference, he's like, I've learned how to hire a lot better yeah. today than I did back then.
1: Yeah. So let let now that he said that he's put himself out there, right? So yeah. these hirings are a strict indictment of his ability to hire the right coaches. And we saw the guy that got fired for not hiring the right players. And if you don't hire the right coaches, what good are you to me? If you can't assemble a staff, what good are you for to me? And yeah, I mean, yeah. So I look at this guy that they bring in. He's probably only going to be here for two years, more than likely, because the list of names that they're connected to, Matt Nagy's probably the guy that will stay the longest. Eric Bien-Aimé may maybe the second longest, but all these hot candidate guys are like they, probably going to be gone in two years.
0: They want they want to be head coaches. That's the right. That's the problem with the, hiring great coaches is that they almost always and, and that's
1: fine, but you need to have a guy that can develop. That you know can at least do stuff in the short term and set you up for future success. So you have to have a guy that can do both. Because let me say this: if you hire Matt Nagy and Eric Bieniemy, okay, and you hire them and you only hire them because you only think that they're good offensive play callers and designers, not good teachers or mentors or developer of talent, and they stick around because Eric Bieniemy is probably not a good interview, right? I mean. You know, there's a good case that he's probably just shitty in interviews. I'm kind of <laughs> shitty at standardized tests. I do, I don't like standardized tests, and for whatever reason, he may just be shitty at interviews. And he may be sticking around you for a while. Then Matt Nagy retread coaching hires aren't as going to be as common in two years as what they are three or four years ago. So there's a good chance that he may not get, yeah. You know, another shot. So uh, if you stick with him for four years, but you only hired him because they, you know, you know, what I'm saying like you got to hire yeah, someone –
0: to, to me, and this goes back to the order of operations, which is we've got the GM now in place and the, the very first decision they have to make. And the problem is, is that simultaneous decision. And that's, that's sort of what this conversation is about is how simultaneous do, does the Tannehill, Brady, Rogers, love, whatever quarterback conversation and the coordinator you know, current and future conversation when they, they have to be married together. And what I find interesting about the, the through line all the candidates that I read about, stacking the inbox, by the way, dot .substack.com, all the candidates that you that you read about, it all goes right back to the quarterbacks because you look at all the different schemes and the through line that runs through basically every single one of these while they are different systems is heavy focus on play action and deception. And that is what Ryan Tannehill has been doing here in Nashville for a long time. We know Rodgers has been doing it off the McVeigh tree with, with Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. Brady can pretty much... Adapt to, any, to anything, but but you know the <laughs> the running I, is a little less important for him. Yeah. Um, but I think Jor- Jordan Love and Trey Lance obviously have been running in both of those systems as well. So I think as long as the through line in all of this is this heavy focus on play action and and marrying, and this is what I, I think I found a quote from Sean mcveigh from like 2017 that I thought was really interesting. He says, "What's really important is having an identity, creating a marriage between the run game and the pass game." which seems so simple. It seems so simple to say it out loud. Not
1: as simple as you think. I mean, but we just not, saw it. <laughs> but it's not as simple years.
0: yet to end. It's not as simple to execute at all. And, right. but, but that is sort of the through line. And what makes play action dangerous, and this is what Todd Downing didn't do well, is when you use it first down, <laughs> when, when coverages are more predictable and the threat of the run is more viable. And so the, that's the stuff that Tannehill can kind of do. The question is, is that what the next evolution of the Titans offense needs to look like to win a Super Bowl in the future with the next quarterback?
1: I'll that, say that's this. The question. i question. I've, I've heard a lot of people and I've read a lot of articles that say, well, the offensive coordinator, they're coming in and they're saying Ryan Tannehill. Yes. Or Ryan Tannehill. No. And that's that. It, that that's not how the NFL works. When what he's coming in with this offensive coordinator is coming in with is the main question is, what do you have for Ryan Tannehill that we can work with? And what's what are you going to do? Because you cannot predict that. Well, we're going to be able to trade 100 percent trade Ryan Tannehill. We're 100 percent going to be able to get Tom Brady and we're or we're 100 percent going to be able to trade for or draft a quarterback like you can't. The NFL is not built on certainty, so the the offensive coordinator that is coming in is going to have his game plan, his interview built around. Here's who you got. Here's what I can do. Here's why I'm a good play caller. Here's why I'm a good offensive coordinator. And then if they take Ryan Tannehill away from him, it's not because the offensive coordinator didn't feel like he could do anything with him. It's because the team wanted to try to get better at yeah. a position of need. And, and that's just really what it all depends on. This idea that the offensive coordinator is going to come and dictate whether Ryan Tannehill's on the roster no, or not no. is not is not a plausible well, situation in the, end of the Yeah, league.
0: as as you've explained, it's like the other way around. It's like Ryan is your quarterback. What are you gonna do for us? Like right. that's that's what it is. And again, you we kind of we're dancing around it here, but it's the themes of the offseason which is collaboration, versatility, and adaptability. Those are the, the three things that, that everybody kind of has to work together here. I just find it, I not only is this the biggest offseason in, in maybe franchise history for a number of reasons, but it's just so utterly fascinating how many different directions this could go. And there's such a big part of me, and and um, S. Rob says this, no relation to Jay, just cut Tannehill draft well, We don't tackle. know. <laughs> cut Tannehill draft tackle center wide receiver, right with Dobbs or somebody else, I guess Baker Mayfield for a season, maybe trade for Higgins and then extend. There's part of me because the national predators are in this market as well, which is like they're dancing around mediocrity and they're not doing enough to like rebuild, but they're not good enough to win anything. I, I don't think that's where the Titans are. Cause they were the one seed obviously. And they were in the AFC championship game a couple years ago, but there's part of me that does think that like just, build the entire thing, cut bait with Tannehill and ride with Dobbs and Willis and take your lumps so that you can draft Caleb Williams like that. There's part of me that, that that's such a clean thing for me to understand. And it resets the clock on, on a new GM and a new coordinator. Like I, I don't know that, that that's some, somehow that lands on me well, but I know this team wants to win in 2020.
1: Well, so. I, I look at it this way. If, if you, if you have a quarterback that you want to get, you'll find a way to get him. And, yeah. And I I go, I don't know if you saw Sean Mc, or Brandon Bean's comments. Uh, he was asked, um, how do you go about or do you when you see the Cincinnati Bengals and their pass catchers, how do you want to go about uh, mimicking what they do with their pass catchers, with the wide receivers? And, you know, he he goes into this. Everybody focuses on "Well, I don't want to be bad enough to you know, have to sign or be in a spot to where I could draft Jamar Chase. He wants to be good. He wants to win, win, win. Then he goes into the salary cap, rookie contracts and all this stuff. So really people viewed as salty. I was like, no, he's just answering the question I was asked. It was a nonsensical right. question. Yes, Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, and now Khalil Shakur, who all look really good. and they're all young besides Stefan Diggs. And they're just as good. The problem was the run game, not the pass catchers anyway. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, people forget and, and in fact, Andrew Brandt, a very respected media member of the, the NFL, been around for a long time, big lawyer, big agent, and all this stuff. He says, he says, Well, how do you go, well? How'd you go about getting Josh Allen? Dude, they were in the playoffs in in 2018 or 2016, right? M- they made the wild card, or whatever was the year before they d- drafted Josh Allen, they traded up twice. To get Josh Allen. The Bills traded up twice in the draft to get Josh Allen from 27 to 12 to seven, I believe is the, the path that they took, or maybe it was like 22 or 24. All this to say yeah. that just because the Titans win, it may make it harder, but you could still go get your quarterback. That's what, what it's all about. It's all about <clears throat> managing your roster, managing your draft capital, to get to a point where you could go up and get your guy regardless of where you're at. And It does not matter. It does not matter for this team, whether they tank or whether they win, they could still go get their guy. If they feel that strongly about it.
0: So I think that's the team that lost to Jacksonville with yes, Jacksonville in route to um, the AFC championship game. So it was 2017. They were nine and seven. Mm-hmm. They went to the wild card. They lost to Jacksonville, I believe. And that's then they, they, and they finished uh, in 2018. They did finish six and six and 10 and they drafted Josh Allen. I guess that would have been the year he was a first-year that, that was his rookie year. His, his first year. But like Mahomes, they traded up to get Mahomes. They traded up to get, you know. Texas well, what I'm saying up- is that
1: the Bills traded up twice. Yeah. yeah you I can, mean, they, they did in the same draft to trade up. So you can do it. The Titans can fully maneuver a draft yeah. to go get Caleb Williams, Drake May, or whoever else may be out there that they feel strongly about. Because the the supply for quarterbacks there's not enough supply out there. Or there's not enough demand for the supply.
0: And AE and Esra e. both say this. Uh, Vrabel will refuse to tank, I feel. Uh, won't happen because Vrabel will be fired and wants to keep his job. I don't think he'd be fired. But I agree that, he's, that they, they want to win. This is a team that is trying to win the division this year. Mm-hmm. And I think with Ryan Tannehill and some improved roster opportunity and better offensive play calling, I don't think it's out of the question that they win the division again. I think it's very easy for them to do that. So the question is, how does all the decisions to win today affect their ability to put themselves in a spot to win long term? And I they're they're sort of they're not all the way at odds with each other, but there is some friction there. And I think the coordinator is the kind of the person that fits in the middle of all of it, it feels like.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think at the end of the day, you're gonna be in this weird limbo until you find your quarterback of the future. Yeah. And or you find your offensive coordinator and let's say it's a uh, Brian Johnson from the Eagles who turned around Jalen Hurts pretty quick friend and did the same with Malik Willis, which is a total and utter long shot. Let me be very clear. Malik Willis 100% controls his own destiny. Whatever offensive coordinator they hire, whether it's Bobby Slowick, whether it's uh, Eric Bieniemy, Thomas Brown, Matt Nagy. Brian Johnson, Brian Callahan, any of these guys they hire does not mean that Malik Willis becomes the focus. The focus is to win games, and you cannot switch everything to Malik Willis. Malik Willis is going to have to prove and earn his spot on this team and prove I can be worked on, we can work together, and I can be something, which is very unlikely.
0: I feel like I've heard that phrase before. Where did I read that? Where did I read that exact phrase before? Oh, that's right. Stacking the Stackintheinbox.substack.com. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Uh, Kingston Group and Pharmacy. We got one quick question about the NFL Divisional Round or the Championship Games, and then we'll move on. Um, I, I, I don't know but
1: how... Let's take real quick. How, yeah, yeah. One thing, because uh, this just broke. I, uh, this is from Jusina Anderson. I'm told Mike LaFleur currently has the inside track on being named the offensive coordinator for the Rams, barring a pivot in communication since LaFleur has options per league sources. Obviously, nothing is ever done until papers are signed. So there's another offensive coordinator spot being filled. Frank Reich probably already has his guy for offensive coordinator, and it's probably none of the guys that we've been talking about, so that should be good. So we're just filling up spots left and right as uh, – Nathaniel Hackett also takes the Jets job.
0: Yeah. So there was about what 10 or 12 on Monday. I think we're we're at about we're nine are starting or th- to dwindle it down. Yeah, nine or tenish, eight or nine or ten-ish officially. So we'll we'll see. Um AE says if it was Tim Kelly as the OC, wouldn't we know by now? I feel like this is an external hire. I that that does seem fair. I also
1: think that if Mike might we talked about Mike Vrabel's job being tied to the next OC. You ain't 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 tying that uh, horse to that uh, Tim Kelly buggy at this point. (laughs) The Tim Kelly
0: buggy. Um, Kingston Group, of course, our wonderful and amazing sponsor. BuildKG.com is the website. Make sure you check them out. The Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm, award-winning for over a decade. My family, my wife and I, we trust them to do work on our house. You guys should trust them too. You don't need to know about them right this very second and go spend money right this very second. You just need to remember the name the Kingston group so that when you do have to make that decision and it's going to come one day, they're going to have to move on Derrick Henry at some point when they have to restructure a house, you make sure you remember the name, the Kingston group. And then of course the pharmacy over in East Nashville, our awesome, uh, wonderful sponsor as the days get a little nicer. We'll be back out there live again, of course on location, Uh, not in the uh, wet snow days of mid January. So make sure you check out the pharmacy, still a great inside dining hall there, the soda rail, uh beers brats tots mustard it's just awesome it's a great place to go eat i don't really know what, what else we need to say about the pharmacy so go check them out how should titans fans be watching obviously san francisco we have talked a lot about them uh we've got their gm here in town now uh but also there's a lot of other ways to be watching this weekend how should titans fans be watching the championship
1: games uh i think they need to be focused on the offenses i mean right i mean at this point the the defensive staff is pretty much set what I would be looking at is how the Eagles offensive line holds up, how the Bengals, if they pull out another miracle on offense and their sequencing of their plays, because the bills game, the Bengals play design and play calling and their sequencing, It was art. It was some of the most beautiful designs and schemes that you'll see that are on par with the San Francisco 49ers. But I want you all to pay attention to, and I wrote about it today. I want you all to pay attention if there's any sideline views whenever they go to Jalen Hurts after he throws an interception or after he gets sacked, specifically after he does something bad. Because the 49ers will force you to make a mistake. It's just inevitable. Not to say that's going to back break or game ending or anything. They'll, they'll just force a mistake. I want you to see who he's talking to, and it will be Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach, who they move down at the halfway point of the last season from the booth to the field, because Sirianni and uh, Steichen, who, yeah, I know who are, was <laughs> well, his name? What's his name?
0: No, I think that, I think that's right. Okay. Uh, it's, just Sirianni, it's not an easy, it's not an easy yeah. name to say.
1: Sirianni and Steichen couldn't game plan in between dr- offensive drives. So they brought Brian Johnson down because they knew they needed someone to basically teach and coach during the game and it worked wonders. And I think that if you're looking at Brian Johnson on the sidelines, you're going to see the kind of coach he is showing Jalen hurts a lot of stuff. So like, I, I'm I know a that's huge... a very minute detail no, to no, no, no. zone in on, but that's what you need to be looking for. If you're wanting an offensive coordinator, Brian
0: Johnson is one of my favorite names. He, yeah. he is. I think he is. I've, and I've, and I've, this goes back to like his playing days in college when like coaches around him were like, we didn't have to do anything like Kyle Whittingham is one of the greatest coaches in college, modern football. And he, he coached Brian Johnson and he was the, his quarterback who immediately went into coaching afterwards yeah. because, because he was so good at yeah. running the, the entire team that it was like one of these, I think he worked at Florida for a while as well. Yep. Like this, he he, he, went to,
1: to, he was there. He was the quarterback's coach for Dak Prescott uh, when he was at Mississippi he, State. Then he went to Florida.
0: He has some of the best pedigree of coaching Above him, that of anybody, and I, I just have always, I just think he's going to be a coordinator slash head coach sooner rather than later at some point. And he's I, one of those guys you you could catch on the way up potentially. um Obviously, I think just, I mean, obviously the Chiefs too. Like <laughs> just the way the yeah, you got
1: to. In fact, I'm not. A, I I don't really like the Bengals, and I want the Chiefs to win because Ooh. I just don't. I just don't like the Bengals. I don't like because Cincinnati. I don't like Ohio. Don't like anything about anything. I love Joe Burrow and I love Jamar Chase. I love watching them play, but I just I, I don't want the Bengals to be any good. I like I like the Bungles. But.
0: Well, I so I hate the like as a Packers fan. Yeah. I I hate the Cowboys first. The Viking, the Vikings and the Cowboys are the two yeah. that I hate the most. But the Niners, just because they've owned the Packers in the playoffs the last five or six years, I hate the Niners with every fiber of my being but they are so much fun to watch yeah. and the way they scheme and the way they like, and there's nothing like, while I like what Philadelphia is doing because it feels like a more modernized version of the Lamar Jackson Ravens offense, right? It's like a more like, it's like the next step from the Ravens offense. I, there's just something about the Niners and Brock Purdy. I've, I've, I've loved that guy for a long time and it's just, there's some, it's so easy to root. I mean, Jalen hurts is a very likable character as well. Like there's a lot of people to like here, but it's more about play action like this is what Titans fans need to watch, in my opinion, play action, RPO, pre-snap motion, and formations. Those are what all of these coaches do extremely well. Mm-hmm. It, it, like they move Jamar Chase around, they move all the different weapons for Kansas City around. They they do crazy bizarre formations and in, in San Francisco. Like there's all these different things you can study this weekend because again, while the defenses for San Francisco and for Philly are great, elite defenses, the reason these four teams are here right now is because of their offensive schemes right and the players right. that execute them so
1: well they also have pretty good defenses as well across yeah. the board yeah. i'll say this if you're a titans fan you should want the chiefs to lose
0: just so and you can i know that that's counterintuitive
1: sooner. but i think that you're you're even though it really doesn't matter over this next week because there is a long break yeah. i just think that if matt nagy and eric Bieniemy enemy are free of everything you're they're going to take a lot more they're going to be interviewing and be a lot more open interviewing. I think if they're okay. just free of everything. And I think on the flip side, I mean, I'm rooting against the Eagles all damn day. I, I will never root for the Eagles to win a game. Um, I don't care that it's not, AJ Brown and, it's not yeah, a likable franchise. I just, I don't care that AJ Brown and Brett Kern are former Titans players. That doesn't play into it. I just don't, I don't like the Eagles fans. And I just, I just something about the Eagles I haven't liked since they fired Andy Reid and Don McNabb's been gone. Those, you know, I was all in back then on enjoying the Eagles, it, watching them play. I'm just not, I'm just not into it. I want the 49ers and I want the 49ers and I really want the Chiefs to play the, the,
0: again. Well, I think, I think we all kind of root for Kansas City and the Chiefs and Andy Reid and Mahomes over the collection of things in Cincinnati. Uh, here's, here, if you're just going uniform game though, you got to root against the Niners because. Niners, we've already seen Niners Chiefs, right? Have we? No, what did we see? We saw... What, yeah, we've we seen see? Niners Chiefs. Niners Chiefs. And the, the uniform matchup between the Bengals and the Chiefs is already bad enough. But the uniform matchup between either one of those oranges and reds with the Niners is also terrible on television. The one thing the Eagles gives you is at least a little bit of uniform helmet contrast to, to, to like make it a little easier to watch aesthetically uh, in Eagles the Super Bowl. Eagles should
1: go all whites if they make it to the Super Bowl.
0: With the with the orange white and the helmet, all, no, the, oh, the white, white helmet. Well, yeah. you know they, they would never all white. You know they would never do that. <laughs> they should. Um, all right, let's do some SEC stuff real quickly. Uh, brought to you by the Kingston Group and the pharmacy. Uh, Josh Heupel, nine million dollars a year. Danny White got, has like a rolling six million dollar a year contract now. Um, the only real thing I would I want to point out here is first of all, they're not worth the paper they're printed on because you can you can fire a guy tomorrow. Josh Heupel can leave tomorrow. It doesn't really change much. It changes maybe the buyout a little bit. Um, but they are now 11 coaches in college football that are making $9 million. Six of them are in the sec. Josh Heupel making $9 million a year. Zach. he will get paid
1: 1.125 million per win next year.
0: <laughs> oh, 10 wins is that where we're going. That's we're going eight 10 wins. Eight wins. One point, okay. Yeah.
1: Eight oh, yeah you know, 1. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. sorry. Nine, nine. I think it's going to be, yeah, maybe you're right. I think that is probably accurate. Um,
1: it is. Yeah. I used a calculator.
0: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You know what else? We I'm glad. Spell checks. Spell check and calculators. Two things that we just, as a society, we just needed to have. Um, I, I think what he's... So he's at $9 million a year. He's like 11th in the country. But he's like 5th in, <laughs> in the SEC. He's still 5th in the SEC in terms of payment. And Lane Kiffin now at $9 million is 6th. You know who's... Shane Beamer's got a big raise recently. South Carolina... You know what's happened? Hugh Hugh Freeze has fallen to 10th. (laughs)
1: That's just how it's going to happen, I guess.
0: I love Hugh Freeze being the 10th highest paid coach. I don't know why I like that so much.
1: You know, I I think it's... um, Gotta spend, baby. I I think it's good for Coach Josh and Danny that they got these raises. I don't think the UT fan base is going to really enjoy these raises after this next season. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's
1: just where I'm at. I mean, I just you know you can't you can't rely on the UT fan base to have any kind of logic, and they're going to say, oh, can't believe that we overpaid you know Coach Josh, and you know we overpaid uh, this Danny White guy for nothing. What
0: what happened in the spring the year before Jeremy Pruitt coached his last season? Philip Fulmer gave Jeremy Pruitt a huge raise, an extension, and then they were garbage the next year, and everybody got fired. So again these the these are moments to celebrate basically what I tell people is like celebrate the fact that your team was good as the sun comes out look celebrate the fact that your team was good and that you were able to get a raise like this that that's all that's all it is like don't otherwise it, it doesn't really mean a whole lot it, that's all it is it, it, it's not it doesn't <laughs> when Shane, when South Carolina gives them a 4 million dollar raise per year Shane Beamer and they go five and seven just just remember why you gave him the raise in the first place right so exactly um speaking of uh, lane kiffin uh Ole miss best week in the country man maybe of anybody you, you you steal a quarterback from auburn and spencer sanders who started 43 games you get walker Howard from lsu and lane kiffin hitting the twitter machine hard baby trolling auburn trolling tennessee pink is the new orange he, he retweets the Brian Kelly video where he's doing the dancing with Walker Howard. <laughs> he's retweeting Walker Howard, Brian. Ke- he's Lane Kiffin is just on an absolute roll. He steals Pete Golding from Alabama to be yeah, his that's the big co- one to be his defensive coordinator. Here's the hot take I think Walker Howard could start for this team.
1: Yeah, I, I think that nobody had a better week than Ole Miss. Um, I agree with you. I think the you know getting Pete Golding, they also got the uh the what was the linebacker's name that they uh, ended up getting too. That was a big get.
0: Oh, they yeah they got they they've number two behind Auburn in the portal right in the in the SEC uh in, in the SEC they they're number two in the portal rankings.
1: They, they they've just done a good job maneuvering. I mean Lane Kiffin's kind of treating the portal like you should like free agency. I mean he's doing a good job of getting pieces, maneuvering pieces yep. around, and I think that it's going to come and pay some dividends. And I th- definitely think that the hiring of Pete Golding is, is just great for Ole Miss. Alabama's not going to make that big of a difference, but it's really great for Ole Miss. And I think that goes yep. to show that the, for all the people who thought that Lane Kiffin was going to be leaving, they always do this every year. Lane Kiffin's leaving, Lane Kiffin's leaving. He doesn't want to be in Ole Miss. This dude wants to be in Ole Miss and he wants to be successful uh, and, right until, now. Yeah. yeah. Right until he can get the where, Bama job. <laughs> until he get the Bama job.
0: Until until Nick Saban retires and he gets the Bama job, right? Uh, I believe on this show we we told people over and over again he's not he wasn't going to Auburn. Um, I I think your assessment is actually exactly right on Pete Golding. He had top three defenses in the SEC I think every year, top twenty nationally in yards per play. They were number four this past year at Alabama. And which is
1: crazy because I thought that this was one of the worst Alabama performances as a team as a whole. And a lot of that had to do with the lack of Will Anderson and the lack of the team as in general. They just really suffered through it, I felt like. But it was far more. It just goes to to show you how good, how even what seems to be a bad defense or defense is bleeding yards. Compared to the rest of the NCAA, is still pretty good.
0: They were number four in the they were number four defense yeah. in America last year out of 130 teams. I think the offense were the, was the far bigger issue. But Bill O'Brien and the supporting cast around Bryce Young. Uh, now he's obviously gone. He's a big part of this conversation. But Pete Golding, I think you exactly nailed it right. He is a huge get and a huge upgrade for Ole Miss and their defense. I think Alabama is going to hire somebody just as good. Uh, so like I to me the, the if I'm Alabama. The last five offensive coordinators are the Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkisian, Mike Loxley, Brian Dayball, and Bill, Bill O'Brien. All of which are either head coaches or NFL coordinators right now. I don't know why you're not going big game hunting here, and you're going Cliff Kingsbury, Dan Mullen. You, you know, you pick a name that's big. Jim Leonard is like for those in the South that don't know Jim Leonard defensive coordinator from wisconsin he is
1: oh man that would be huge i love jim leonard in fact i wanted jim leonard to be the defensive coordinator for the titans he is before jim bowen got
0: hired he's the college version of sean payton like he's just sort of out there without a job and can and everybody wants him so if i'm if i'm bama like dan mullen and jim leonard like bama's back with those two guys yeah Uh, i'm just not worried
1: about it i mean Uh, i I don't want to see jeremy pruitt I would love to see Cliff Kingsbury, Dan Mullen, you know, offensive coordinators down here. I just, you know, I'm just not, was never a big Jeremy Pruitt fan. always thought that the recruiting did a lot of the job for Jeremy Pruitt. I don't think he was essentially a very good coach.
0: His wife was doing that too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, I, I just think that, I think they were able to recruit really well and cover up what Jeremy Pruitt did in Alabama. I just, I've, so I, when when Jerry Prit left for Tennessee, I was one of the few people who said that's going to be a horrible hire and that will backfire. They should have just kept Butch Jones at that point.
0: Well, every, I mean, there's a lot of people I think that that knew that. Um, he was like uh, thirty. He was like thirty third on on uh, John Curry's list before getting fired. Yeah. Here, here's what I'll say. There are a lot of reports, and I've talked to a lot of people about this. Jeremy Pruitt is very high on the list to to come back to Alabama. And I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. The the issue will be is what rules are around him if he comes back, because he left it in a good place. He and Nick Saban apparently have a good relationship. His numbers as a defensive coordinator have been very, very good everywhere he's been. But uh, he's also had the best players everywhere he's been, but he will have the best players here. So I I think Pruitt is probably high on the list. The question is, does he have a show cause about recruiting and all he can do is coach? And is Nick Saban okay with that? Is there some sort of NCAA issue with him coming back early? He's working for the Giants right now. Um, Glenn Schumann's another name to keep an eye on. He's the co-defensive coordinator for the Bulldogs right now. Former Bama guy. Keep an eye on Glenn Schumann as well. But if I'm Bama, like you could lose both your coordinators and get better. And that's that's a pretty wild place. Kind of how
1: they've been doing Uh, it for a while now. I mean, or they at least don't miss a beat. You know what I'm saying?
0: Um, Arkansas, on the other hand, I, I, I'm concerned about. Um, and really, I just threw this in here to, to kind of sort of juxtapose it against Alabama, where Bama can lose both guys and maybe feel like they're improving. Arkansas lost their defensive coordinator to be the head coach at UNLV. Kendall Bryles left to be the offensive coordinator at um, TCU. By the way, I know you don't want to hear this, but Clemson did a brilliant job hiring an offensive coordinator for like the first time in 15 years. They went and got Garrett Riley from TCU. I think Arkansas is just like Travis Williams is a nice defensive I don't know if KJ
1: Jefferson should have gone
0: back to school. I, Dan, Dan Enos is a good quarterback developer, so I think it's going to work for one year. Yeah. But but to me, Arkansas kind of scraped the bottom here, whereas Alabama is going to be picking from the, a bunch of big names. I, I mean, it's not that's not that crazy to say, but I'm concerned about Sam Pittman, who had a lot of momentum. But a big part of his success was keeping his staff together. Now he's lost both of his coordinators in the same year. I I think KJ will cover a lot of that up. Arkansas is still dangerous, but I, we're going to learn a lot about Sam Pittman in the next two years yeah, in, for in terms sure. of how how he can develop a staff. So otherwise, uh, you know, there's chaos down in Florida. You got money flying around with recruits. You got NIL drama. It's been a it's been kind of like a regular week in the SEC this week. It's, it's been a, fun.
1: It's a off season, non off season, non off season, off season.
0: Uh, enough season <laughs> enough season
1: i i love i love that
0: there's an NIL quarterback recruiting saga at florida we got portal drama with a head coach trolling people you got one coordinator going from one division rival to the next we got coordinators being replaced all over the place you got head coaches getting raises this is like re- this is like regular sec life this is good i like this yeah. everybody was too everybody was too happy last year needs to i, I want some drama i want some People yelling and screaming at each other and retweeting stuff. It's
1: fun. (laughs) I think think you'll get that this year. I think it'll be good.
0: I think it's. uh, uh, How about this? Here's the other thing we'll leave you with: Kingston Group Pharmacy, Substack, stacking the inbox, all the other great shows from 440 Sports. Um, Alabama may not be the pick to win the West next year. Oh shit! Just saying. I'm not saying that. That's what I'm gonna say. (sighs) I'm just saying it's gonna be said.
1: Yeah. Okay. whatever. Whatever. You know what I mean?
0: I'm not just saying, I'm just saying it could be said somewhere yeah. by somebody all season. No, I'm, sure, I'm LSU, sure it will be said. LSU could be the pick in the West.
1: It's, it's like the people who say that Will Levis is going to be number one, uh, the number one quarterback off the board. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll believe him when I see him.
0: Anthony Richardson stock.
1: Oh, yeah, he, his stock should go up, should go down, though, because he is training with Malik Willis, so <laughs> that should be going down. Unless concern. maybe he's mentoring Malik Willis and teaching him how to be a, a better quarterback.
0: Huge, huge concern. Uh, all right, San Francisco plus two and a half, Philly minus two and a half. Are you on that one? You betting that one? Uh, I think I'm going to
1: go uh, – I'm going to take the San Francisco money line more than likely.
0: Okay, Cincinnati, Kansas City is a pick em right now.
1: I'm going. I'm going to go Kansas City. Patrick Mahomes is getting healthier. I, I've heard the Bengals are already calling it Burrowhead instead of I Arrowhead. Saw that. I saw and that. that is just a nail in the coffin. You can ask the Jaguars how they uh, how they there. fared after Trevor Lawrence said, Oh, our stadium's louder than uh, Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah.
0: I, I think
1: this has never happened, by the way. A team has never won. And because they've won all four games because they're 4 0, right? They're either 3 0 or 4 0. Either way, they've won. All their games in Arrowhead, right? No team, whatever this next win is, no team has ever done that to a quarterback in that is uh, no, a Super oh, Bowl quarterback. So, if it's if they go four and zero or five and zero, I don't know which one it is. It's never happened at home in a row. Well, and so I just think it's I think the Chiefs are going to beat the shit out of the Bengals and to, for whatever and reason
0: to make two runs to back to back Super Bowls with only one I think home game. Yeah right in the entire two seasons that would be pretty unprecedented i would i would guess um but there's some edge to this cincinnati team Mm -hmm. dude there's some edge to them it's some some dirty cincy edge to them i like it all right uh thank you guys for hanging out with us thanks for all your comments rate review subscribe share the show to everybody tell everybody about it check out all the other great shows and scribings from zach and at 440 and special thanks to kingston group and of course the pharmacy have a great weekend everybody we'll talk to you you got some special stuff on Monday for you. Yes. So we'll talk Monday, you on Monday, probably
1: like 5-ish, 5 well, p.m.-ish, 5.30-ish. Yeah. At
0: 440 Sports on Twitter, at AfortsPod. Make sure you turn those notifications on. We'll give you updates on the senior bowl coverage next week. So stay tuned, everybody. Have a great weekend. This has been a football show.